Lead Generation Strategies for B2B Tech Companies, a podcast by Brightvision. Here, you will learn how to generate great leads from the most experienced B2B sales and marketing people. Your host today, and always, is Jakob Lövenbrand, CEO at Brightvision. Let's get started. Hello there, and welcome to the B2B Legion podcast for tech companies. My name is Jacob Lovenbrand, Managing Director of Bright Vision, as well as host of this podcast. And today we're going to talk about how to do successful email marketing for B2B organizations. And we're going to talk about that topic with an expert, who's Jenna Tiffany, Founder and Strategy Director at Let's Talk Strategy. And... I'm really looking forward to have this conversation with you, Jenna. So welcome to our podcast. Thanks so much for having me. It's great to be here. Yeah. Awesome. And um, as I just said, you're um, a founder of a agency, Let's Talk Strategy and so on. So before we start, maybe you can give us an uh, overview of, you know, your journey and how you became an expert in in marketing and especially email marketing and so on and what you've been up to. <laughs> yeah, sure. So um, I started uh, my marketing career more than 10 years ago now and I undertook a, a university degree in marketing and then kind of jumped in with two feet joining a an architectural eyemongers company where it was you know, I was the first marketing recruit that they'd ever had. So it was it was a good step in to, to seeing all of the marketing mix at play. And at the time, digital wasn't such a big aspect back then. Um, they had a website, but it wasn't, you know, SEO was just starting out at that point. So I got quite heavily involved then in the digital side when I, I moved um, to several other different companies, worked in B2B wholesale, and then moved to um, a financial services organization, which had its own challenges. But that was heavily digitally orientated. And um, at the time, I was very focused on website optimization and, and development. But I always found it really interesting right back then that we would talk a lot about SEO and PPC and the majority of the marketing spend would be allocated towards that. And then we'd spend, as a as a marketing team, about two minutes talking about email and it was really delivering for this financial services industry. And I was, I kind of sat in the meeting and just thought, why do we, why are we not spending more money in this, in this area, in this channel? And it was just kind of, it was, email was just in the corner, just doing its thing and no one was really paying much attention to it. So I then um, joined a travel company and um, worked uh, very much internationally across all digital channels and email again was something that, that just happened and was in the corner so I was like I'm finding this really strange that no one's asking any questions about email and it's delivering these amazing results so I then joined a, and had an opportunity to join an email marketing company a software company and um, headed up their strategy team consulting with brands optimizing their email programs and for me, that was where the passion was born because I could see what it could deliver and I could see what it could do if you really effectively use email as a channel. And um, I worked there for a couple of years and then started my own consultancy, which is Let's Talk Strategy. 
Yeah, great. What a background. You have done quite a few things in the last 10 years, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a few different things. <laughs> yeah, that's great. And uh, you focus a lot on email marketing, as you said. And uh, what's about it that makes you so passionate about this area of marketing? Yeah, for me, I think it's a channel that constantly delivers. It achieves still the highest ROI out of any digital channel for the spend. The latest numbers quoted are like for every pound or euro that you spend, it's generating 35 pounds, 40 euros every time. Hmm. And that's quite incredible. That's, that's an amazing return on investment in marketing spend. Hmm. But for me, it's more than that. It's, um, it, it's, it becomes a digital passport of, of your customer. You know, you can connect with an individual person with that email address. And I think it's a real opportunity for a business to optimize their customer journey at every single stage because email features all the way through. It's one of the only channels that does feature from the very beginning of searching for information right the way through to to the end of the purchase and then actually wanting to receive more information from the company and keeping in touch. Email is there all the way through. And that's the part for me that really interests me because I'm very passionate about optimizing the customer experience and making it as good as it can be. Mm. Yeah. Great. Uh, I didn't know if email had such a big ROI uh, multiple uh, compared to other things, but that's really interesting. And, and that's a very good reason to focus on email marketing. That's for sure. So, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it's, it's, I think that's an interesting point though, that you made there because, we talk a lot about PPC. We talk a lot about social media advertising. And yes, they do generate returns, but nothing can beat the return on investment that email generates. Yet, I still feel that it's a channel that a lot of businesses have a huge opportunity to really optimize the customer experience, but also to, to deliver that ROI in their marketing. Mm. Yeah, and that's so interesting because we have talked about email marketing for, yeah, it's probably 10 years now or, or even more uh, as, as an important channel. But sometimes I think marketeers maybe fall a little bit for the, the new shiny thing trap where everybody invests in <laughs> yeah. the latest channel or the fad of the day, so to say, and, and put a lot of money there. Uh, and I, I think we have a quite good parallel in uh, in our agency where we have a quite big uh, division of teleprospecting, B2B teleprospecting. And, and I mean, a lot of people uh, have called that channel dead for five, seven years. And actually we're doing better than ever in that area uh, since it's, <laughs> it's working. It's, it's definitely giving value for the investment. And I think email is maybe a little bit similar to that. It's, it's not the latest thing. It's not the, the coolest stuff to to focus on, uh, but it's working and it's giving a really good return on investment. And uh, yeah, that's why we are going to dive into that. <laughs> yeah, I completely agree. I think it's not the sexiest channel <laughs> for sure. And um, you know, I think there's we have a tendency as marketers to run after the next shiny thing. I think you can look at. The speed of adoption of Clubhouse to today mm. and see that immediately that there was a lot flocking to Clubhouse 
and whether it was right for their audience or not, um, you know, everybody else was. So we need to as well was kind of the approach with that. And actually that running after the next shiny thing was the whole rationale to me writing a book about marketing strategy, which has just been published last week. And that was my whole passion because email has its place, social media has its place. All these tactics are brilliant in their own right when they're used for the right customer and the right audience. But you still need to have that strategic overarching plan before you run after the next shiny thing. And I think that's really important. I think we still forget about the strategy. We still don't spend enough time on the strategy. We spend a lot of time on choosing the tactics first. Yeah, yeah, I, I totally agree. So um, if, if you would like to give us a little bit of tips and tricks on, on the both strategic and tactical side of things you, <laughs> you advise your clients to do, maybe we can start a little bit to, to discuss what is what does good look like for a B2B company within email marketing as of 2021 from your perspective? Yeah, sure. So there's there's four kind of key stages that I recommend focusing on when implementing email marketing. And and the first is to focus on being seen. So there's a lot that happens before your email gets created and is and is actually in the inbox of your subscribers. Mm-hmm. And this is very much focused around the deliverability aspect, which isn't the funnest part in the world and isn't the most creative aspect, but it's it's the fundamentals that you need to have in place to make sure that your email even gets into the inbox. Because you could spend a lot of time on copy, a lot of time on imagery, and spend a lot of budget and resources on that but if you don't start with making sure that you've got the right systems in place that you have if you're going to use a dedicated ip for example and send the name and thinking about all those uh, those kind of technical elements beforehand then your email might never get into the inbox in the first place so for me that's kind of the starting point to think about what those core fundamentals are and deliverability is a big aspect in there um And then considering about being open. So what is the value in what you're sending to your subscribers? Like why should they open that email campaign in the first place? And the key focus area here would be subject lines to start with and thinking about how you're going to engage your audience. And here the focus needs to be less on what you're trying to promote to your subscriber base, but more about what what the subscriber is going to get from actually engaging with your email campaign. And what is that value piece that they're going to get from that? Um, and thinking about segmentation here is really important. It might be that you have um, a really dynamic range of subscribers that have lots of different interests, and then you're able to segment your customers that way. Or it might be that you've got prospects that are only interested in a particular product or service that you offer, and you need to make sure that your communications reflect that and doesn't give them anything that maybe they're not interested in at all and then the next one from from there on so once you've got once you've got your subscribers opening your campaigns you really need to be thinking about how you're going to engage them then what's that what's your key goal in sending that email campaign it might be to drive sales it might be to drive um demo requests it might be that actually wanting to land onto your website and explore more information i'm really thinking about what that key objective is 
it's really important so that you can align that content that you have in the campaign itself. And also thinking here about how your subscribers are opening your email. So what devices are they using? Are they using Microsoft Outlook, for example, which can be a real challenge for for email design and how the template looks? So you need to make sure you take those things into consideration because it could look very different on Gmail to Outlook. If all of your subscribers are opening with Outlook or they're all opening with Gmail, you can optimize that experience accordingly. And then the final one, which is the one that businesses sometimes just don't have time to do, but it's a really important step, is to think about how you're going to report the performance. And here my kind of key tip is to not look at an individual campaign and assess that individual campaign and the performance of that, but actually think about that entire customer journey piece that we were talking about at the very beginning and the objective of the campaign itself, because not every single email is going to generate revenue. And quite a lot of businesses fall down the trap of assessing the performance of a single email that's been sent Seeing that it's not generated any revenue and then write email off altogether and say, oh, it's not working for my business. Because email can generate engagement, lots of visits to your website. You can start to really develop a loyal customer base through your subscriber base. So really making sure that those objectives are aligned is really important in the reporting piece so that you don't kind of discredit the channel or the campaign that you've sent as unsuccessful when actually the objective wasn't to drive sales in the first place. Hmm. Yeah, awesome. That's really good to to uh, good tips and tricks and, and ideas that we should focus on there. So uh, it sounds really easy when you say it like this, but but I know it's really really hard to get all these things working, uh, which is probably a good thing since uh, then you get busy <laughs> helping companies. But uh, <laughs> if if we talk for a moment about conversion rate and open rates. Um, it is a lot of emails coming into the inboxes of our prospects these days and, and clients and so on. Um, where do you see that going? And, and how should a marketer think about opening rates and conversion rates uh, uh, in general? What's your best take on that? Yeah, so um, open rates is a good start for measurement, but I wouldn't, I would recommend not putting all of your focus on just the open rate um, for a couple of reasons. It's not 100% accurate um, because it is using a, a hidden GIF to monitor and once that's loaded, that's then classed as, a, as an open. If your um, recipients don't actually have images included um, or they're not downloading images and that wouldn't count as an open. So it's it's not 100% accurate. So it is a metric that needs to be taken with a pinch of salt. Um, for me, the key, the key metrics um, are um, thinking about the cost per acquisition, so how much it's costing you to acquire those, those customers, your engagement rate. So what, what does your engagement rate look like? like? How often are your subscribers actually opening your emails? How often are they actually clicking through and open from opening those emails? So your click to open rate and then going onto your website, but also taking it uh, um, a step up from that and actually looking at what 
the value is from those subscribers once they've clicked your email campaign, landing onto your website, what do they do? Where do they go? How long are they spending on your website? So I've worked with lots of organizations where actually the top most engaged traffic that's going to their website is from email campaigns. And it might not be the most amount of, of traffic, but it's the most engaged. So they're looking at the most amount of pages, they're spending the most amount of time on the website. And those are the key bits that you want to see because if you just look at that open rate and say, for example, it's 20% and you think, okay, maybe I would like to get a lot higher than that. And then you actually review your Google Analytics or your website analytics and you see that actually the engagement of those people is really, really high. And that's 20% of really valuable openers and and potential customers that are landing onto your website. Um, I think we can sometimes get a little bit hung up on vanity, vanity metrics, so looking at our list size and not looking enough at what the quality is within that database. Do you work as a sales, marketing or channel manager and would like to generate great leads to your B2B tech company? then we are here for you. By creating a qualified sales pipeline and strengthen your position in the tech industry, we help you grow. Depending on your needs, we use effective strategies like inbound marketing, telemarketing, account-based marketing, and paid media. Get more information on brightvision.com. Yeah, I agree. It's it's uh, very interesting to hear those uh, thoughts around that. Um, so, so how would you um, how would you optimize the campaign in order to uh, to improve it? What is there any low hanging fruits for for marketeers that you know are struggling with their conversion rates or open rates? And and you know, is there any typical pitfalls or or mistakes you often see on client side? Yeah, there are some real common pitfalls that I see clients face. And actually, um, the number one of that, and we kind of touched on it at the very, very beginning, but the number one um, pitfall that I do see is um, it's the technology being chosen before the strategy has been defined. So quite often, the technology for the email platform, for example, or the CRM system has been chosen before thinking about what you want to use it for. And that can cause a mountain of issues because... It might be that actually you discover that technology isn't suitable for now what you want what you want to be able to do, and that can be a real challenge. Um, it might also be that you've briefed the the technology team and the supplier on how you would like it to work, the software. But actually, then you once you further then define your strategy or email marketing plan, you then realise that actually there's a lot of other things that you want to be able to do, and it's not configured for the way that now you want to use it. So that that is the number one kind of challenge a lot of businesses do face. So highly recommend thinking about what it is you would like to send, what your objectives are for sending email, what your what a typical email experience would look like and and, and be like for your prospects and, and customers from you as a business. And then choose the technology to fit that rather than this tech looks brilliant, running off with the technology and then realizing it can't do or isn't possible to do all the things you would like to do. Yeah, 
<laughs> that's that's really good because there is a bunch of technology around those things uh, and so on. And um, is, is just a follow-up question on that: Are you a fan of technology solutions to do more advanced things, or do you think it's it's easy to overdo it, so to say, in order to uh, use uh, features like intelligent uh, uh, emails where you switch content sections and, and more, even more about things on the AI things. And what's your take on that? And what do you think is the future of email marketing? Yeah, great question. Um, I'm, I'm really interested and watch and have been involved in the use of AI and email. I think in the in the right situation for the right business with the right objectives, it really delivers the results. And I've seen that firsthand where AI has been used at scale in companies to optimize email programs. And it really is an incredible, there's some incredible software out there. And automation is a is also a massive area that provides a lot of a lot of opportunity for email marketers to not only connect with the customer, but also to be able to really deliver that one-to-one personalized experience that we've all been talking about for years and years and to be able to do that at scale. And those two areas for me are are definitely areas that we will see more use of and, and definitely could be used more. But again, it goes back to what I was saying earlier that the strategic piece is still important because you could have the best system in the world. You could have AI, you could have everything. And if you don't define that strategy, it won't deliver for your business. I've only ever seen AI be effective and automation be effective when there's a clear objective and and strategy in place. And I've seen it fail when there hasn't been that. And that's a big investment to then fail on. Um, and that sometimes is where, you know, there's, there's a conversation of, oh, email's not worth the investment or it's not delivering because there's been a misalignment. Um, I think going back to your second part of your, of your question about the trends, um, AI for me is definitely one of those. Um, automation, I think we've got a lot more that we could be doing there. Um, there's also AMP in email, which is a really fascinating area where effectively you receive an email campaign, you could um, purchase the product within the inbox rather than going to the website. And that's a really, I think that's a really interesting area. I think we will see a lot more of adoption of AMP this year. Um, it's now going to be supported by Yahoo as well as Gmail. I think that is really up and coming and already seen some some amazing examples of using AMP just to enhance that customer experience. And it gives a different dimension to email. That brings a whole new, a whole new user case study for the inbox because imagine purchasing directly in your inbox and not going to a website. That's kind of unheard of at the moment, but probably will become quite normal in a year or so where you, you would just pick your flights, you would pick the product, you do it all in the inbox and you wouldn't even need to go to the website. And that removes so many barriers in the customer journey and really creates a, a very different space in that inbox. So I'm, I'm very interested to see 
the development of AMP and email as well. Yeah, so interesting. I, I uh, actually haven't heard of about AMP, so thanks for sharing that. Sounds really like a cool technology. And in what example, if you give an example where you've seen AI work efficiently, what is it? What, what was it used for in, in specific, uh, that specific case? Yeah, sure. So I work with a global travel brand. Um, my agency helped support them with email marketing. And they had a real challenge of engaging their subscriber base globally, um, not just in one country, but globally. They had lots of different teams and they wanted to not only increase that subscriber engagement rate because they could see it was declining, but they were also struggling to generate ideas for their subject lines. And they felt that, you know, they're, they're running out of creativity they're not sure if they're really engaging that audience. They didn't have time to analyze to the, the, the length that they would like to, to really determine what was engaging their audience, to open and then effectively click through and purchase from them directly. So I um, worked with this, this travel brand to see if AI could do this. If AI could drive a higher engagement if it could optimize those subject lines, if it could give the learnings to the team so they could then use that information to inform future campaigns. And within three months, it was, it was just amazing to see the results. Um, they got more than 50% increase in, in open rates. Their engagement rates went up massively. Um, and this was for one region. And... What was the most, there's two kind of really interesting areas for me. The first one was that the human subject line, which so you put a comparison in so the machine generates subject lines, and then you put in the human one that you would have used, and you test it. You, you send those different variations of subject lines, and the human subject line was coming in at the very bottom <laughs> and wasn't the most engaged with, and the one that the team thought, well, I just don't think we'll generate any opens with that subject line that the machine had chosen was the top performing subject line. And so it starts to highlight that actually, you know, we're not our audience as marketers. And we do need some, we need some technology to help us mm. optimize that experience. And for me, that was a really interesting part. And then the second really interesting part on this campaign was that it generated revenue on top of engagement. So revenue was not a goal of using AI. Um, the company knew that it would come if they could engage their subscriber base. And it, it generated um, enough revenue to cover the cost of the three-month trial, plus profit, and now it's used globally as standard. So AI generates all of their subject lines, um, globally for all of the campaigns that they send. And um, the next step on from that is to look at the content inside the email itself and have AI generate that as well. Um, and the most interesting part from that is that the machine learns every time. Every time you send a campaign, it learns what works with that particular audience and will adjust itself we just couldn't do that at the scale that the machine does that. 
for every single send. Wow, what a story. That's awesome, fascinating. And uh, that is definitely the future of email marketing. Uh, we, we need some technology, even though there is a lot of strategy and tactics we need to implement in order to improve our open rates, engagement uh, and revenue driving and so on. But this sounds like uh, something that definitely will stick around and, and become more and more common in email marketing. Space, it sounds like. <laughs> Have I convinced you now? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, that's awesome, Jenna. And, uh, well, I know you're busy. You're running a lot of clients and, and an agency and so forth. So thank you so much for your time. Uh, I think everybody really got interested now and, and try to do more with our email marketing campaigns and, and newsletters and things that maybe have gone uh, a little bit stale over the years that we need to take a new fresh look at and uh, thank you so much for sharing so freely about your experiences and I know also that there's definitely a few listeners who want to check out you your company let's talk strategy and maybe your content so can you give us some somewhere some place where we could go yeah, sure. No, thank you so much for having me as well. Um, yeah, my website, so letstalkstrategy.co.uk, that's my agency. Um, also available on LinkedIn, so that's just slash Jenna Tiffany. And my book that I mentioned that I also talk about a lot of tips in there about optimizing email for both B2B and B2C with lots of examples of pitfalls to, to overcome. Uh, is called Marketing Strategy, Overcome Common Pitfalls and Create Effective Marketing. And that's available globally in bookstores and in um, on Amazon. Oh, great. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much, Jenna. And all the best to you and uh, your company, Let's Talk Strategy. Thanks so much for having me. An absolute pleasure. Thank you for listening to Lead Generation Strategies for B2B tech companies. Don't forget to subscribe. You will find it where podcasts live. Discover how we can help you with your lead generation activities at brightvision.com.